will home run number 46, a literal all-time single-season record for his position, be enough for Dan Harris to put Salvador Perez as his number one catcher in 2022? We will find out in the Tuesday, September 21st edition of Leading Off, presented by Manscaped. I am your host, Brendan Tuma. And Dan, we will start with that question. No, actually, I've dropped him now uh, down to six. Uh, in my catcher rankings, I'm considering putting him behind people who aren't even catcher eligible just to make a statement. I, <laughs> I, I, I refuse to. I mean, he probably will be too much, uh, but I will have zero shares. And I, I'd like to ask you, will you have shares of Salvador Perez next year? And if you do, where do you think you will have to take him in order to get him on your team? I was going to say, it is really fun to, you know, joke about this, the the running bit that's been going on. But I do think kind of just like the, the correct answer is kind of boring. Like, yeah, we'll rank him as the top catcher, but neither you or I will be recommending drafting him because right. I have no idea what his AEP is going to be like. But God, I, I could see it in like the fifth round, sixth round, yeah. maybe, maybe I even think, earlier. I think fantasy managers are pretty good about not jumping, you know, off a cliff for catchers. I, I think they, you know, even with... Real Muto, you know, seemingly having such an incredible advantage over the position coming into this year. Nobody was like running after him in like the third round or anything like that. So people will probably be cautious with him. And this just came so I mean, Perez, I think I had him as my number two catcher coming into the year. But this came out of nowhere so much. I think people will probably be cautious. But yeah, I won't be biting. Not for a long time at the very least. So you and I will be in a league. We'll. I, I guess this will be capped in that league that we were in together. But uh, yeah, I won't have any shares of him next year. And I'll just watch him hit 55 and still be like, he's not my number one catcher. Before we move on from Sabi, though, I do want to pick your brain on this because I don't know if I'm going crazy with this. I mentioned yesterday, it's similar to kind of like Kelsey in fantasy football, where when you go up against an opponent and you have Travis Kelsey and they have, you know, just low end tight end one you have such a positional advantage Salvador Perez as of this morning has 15 more homers than the next highest catcher 15 more runs than the next highest catcher and 43 more RBIs that's all over the number two ranked catchers not to mention you know if you're going up against someone or in a roto league who has the number seven eight nine ten eleven catchers does that same logic apply or am I trying to do apples to oranges here? No, it does. But that sort of if Salvador Perez was the Travis Kelsey of catchers, then yes, then I would draft him very early and understand if it was like Piazza back in the day where it was just so very, you know, such a dominant force at a thin position like that. It is tight end and catcher. Certainly the difference is catchers. Nobody performs quite like Kelsey as a catcher, except for right now with what Perez is doing. He's also batting 276, 115 RBI, nonsensical numbers. If I knew that this was going to happen again or had any remote confidence that it would, then yeah, man. I mean, we're talking a first, second rounder. Absolutely. The difference is, again, you just you can bank on Kelsey. There's no way you can bank on Salvi Perez doing this again. So it is an apt comparison. It's just far less predictable for a catcher in baseball. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Next year, we can't expect it, but this year, it has happened. It has. A bit of a lighter slate overall in baseball last night. Mondays are usually like that. How was your Monday, Dan? 
you know how my Monday was, Brandon Tuma. Um, it was uh, it was fine uh, as, as a whole, generally speaking. I will say that I am in. I have one league left that I really care about, and it's a head-to-head points league. And I'm in the finals, and it's one of these terrible, terrible teams that scraped into the playoffs with like the last seed and has now just gone on this stupid run because of random things that are going right. And this week, I'm facing a juggernaut, of course. And I'm just starting all sorts of crap, throwing crap against Wall. I started John Lester last night. I was going to text you because he looked terrible early and he didn't strike anybody out. And you and I have talked about Lester, but he came through and he got the win. I also have Freddie Peralta. So one of those guys uh, was good. I I started Eric Fetty and he, you know, was okay and should have gotten the win. But as you well know, at the very last moment, because I was texting you and Mayor, I benched Jazz Chisholm who was in my uh, utility spot. Not even like I have uh, Jorge Polanco, who I can't bench. I have Corey Seager, who I can't bench at this point. And I benched Jazz Chisholm because Mayer had him lower in the quick grades than Frank Schwindel, who I ultimately went with. So if I don't win, I will be ending Mayer's time on this show. And uh, you will never again be able to mention his name. Jazz Chisholm got off to a great start on Monday. He went two for four with two homers, three RBIs, three runs scored, a stolen base. We talked about the Marlins matchups as of late last week. He's now up to 17 homers and 22 steals. Again, another one of these, you know, I don't want to maybe use the word underrated, but we just don't know where he's going to rank in 2022. But one of these power speed guys, and there's Mike yeah. Mayer. He um, should be. I, I The thing is, I don't usually blindly listen to Mayer's quick grades. I think it's incredibly useful and he does a phenomenal job. I always check him out. And usually it kind of jibes with what I'm thinking. And I don't know. I think there was a pretty big disparity between Chisholm and Schwindel this week. But anyway, I know everybody listening really cares about my league. I know that's what really people want to hear about. Um, So I will just say with Chisholm, this has been an awesome season, man. Like it really has been. There's a guy I'm going to buy the inflation that we're going to see next year, which we are, if for no reason than because of his name. Like, that's not even a joke. Like, people are going to be like, Jazz Chisholm is the type of guy I want on my team. Young, cool, awesome sounding name. I'm all in on him. I don't care. I will pay the price that it's necessary to get this guy on my team. We're seven minutes into the show. And in my opinion, we haven't even talked about the number one story of the night. This is the game that I was watching in between weaseling my way out of Grey's Anatomy episodes with (laughs) the roommates. And that was Robbie Ray versus Shane Boz. Boz, (laughs) the rookie making his MLB debut for Tampa Bay, went five innings, two hits, two earned runs, a five to zero strikeout to walk ratio. He threw just 65 pitches and got 15 whiffs it could have been a much 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 bigger outing if they let him go but obviously you know that was probably never in the cards what did you see from boz last night so incredibly impressive like beyond impressive really for this because you know we see these guys come up and you know he's incredibly highly touted so he's at like the top end of this but it was somebody who you know still you see these guys start and and you don't you know you, you want to take a wait and see approach. And I can't do that with him right now, because if you're going to start him, you got to start him right away. But the, you mentioned it, the 15 whiffs on 65 pitches. I hope everybody understands just uh, 15 whiffs is good on a normal outing and 65 
pitch is incredible. I mean, it's hard not to be incredibly excited. You throw him out there, certainly when he gets his next start. But this everything he did yesterday was absolutely impressive. Yeah, I think I listen to a lot of fantasy baseball podcasts in addition to this one. And I, you know, just on Twitter, you see a lot of the discord going on. I didn't see any, you know, fantasy analysts really banging the drum, start boss in this, start boss. And I think it ultimately ended up fine if you didn't use him. Like, yeah, like five innings, two runs, five seconds. He didn't get the win. Obviously, there was no quality start. So I don't think, you know, necessarily feel bad for that. He is going to get, if they do stick with the six-man rotation, he's going to get the Astros again next week. I still don't think you need to use him for that. You know, the it, the workload is going to be limited, but these this is good scattering report to know heading into next year. Absolutely. I mean, it's much more relevant for next year. There are not that many people paying attention right now, but he'll get a lot of buzz, sort of, but it's something where if you watch him now, you know why there's hype and it, everything that at least you saw last night, even his poise and just, you know, general command, uh, it's something to get excited about. I did have FOMO in his first inning. He went behind 2-0 on Vlad and then just threw two sliders that Vlad swung and missed at and then elevated for like a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. It was incredible. One last Shane Boz note, he was the player to be named later that the Rays got in the Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now for Chris Archer trade. And on the same day that Boz got called up, the Rays, who now have Archer again, moved him to the 60-day IL, ending his season. Very yeah, uh, I just don't tra- don't trade with the Rays. Like, don't just just don't just just take some time off and uh, rethink things, no matter what. On the other side was Robbie Wh- Robbie Ray, who went just four and two thirds innings and gave up three runs. We talked about this. I thought this could have been his big Cy Young moment if he was dominant in this outing. I mean, what do you get? Like, it's a it's a bummer, but you still have Robbie Ray for a two start week. He's still awesome. Just just a bummer of an outing. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do anyway? Like, th- this is what it is. Didn't have a great day. Still awesome. Just write it off. And you know, even it, you know, a bad day from him, it doesn't kill you, right? I mean, three earned runs, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like it. It's not a Kyle Hendricks, as I like to call it. So I, I you know, stinks, but uh, obviously he's been phenomenal and and doesn't kill you here. I went deep on Ray yesterday. Caitlin McGrath of The Athletic had a really nice profile on him about what changed from last year to this year. In there, I thought there was a fun note about the tight pants. You know how he has those like really tight pants that Twitter loves discussing. He said the reason for those is he's wearing the same size pants as last year. But this past offseason, he went really hard in the gym. And now he's just a bigger guy bigger guy and they fit him tighter and he said some of that you know working out in the offseason is what has helped his increased velocity which is the best of his career so far so good piece by Caitlin McGrath on the of the athletic on Robbie Ray if you're interested that's great to know uh you know you'd feel like you would do the same thing that someone would do if they you know gained weight which is I don't know get a bigger size of pants but whatever man tight pants working for him fantastic i go the opposite i go baggy i wear snuggies like that's how i would roll so as i continue to not put on muscle but instead put on fat that's what how i'm going to handle that a couple other pitchers who let us down on monday night tristan mckenzie four and a third innings nine hits seven earned runs he still allowed just one walk and again the control was the biggest thing for mckenzie early in the year when he was struggling it was because all the walk so it wasn't the control that he was struggling with on Monday, but he allowed three homers. Obviously that's going to doom 
any pitcher. He had not allowed a single homer in any of his past five starts. The velocity was down a tad. He's a skinny guy. Maybe he's tiring a bit, but this is again, just kind of similar to Robbie Ray, just bad timing for McKenzie to have not one of his best starts. Everything is really magnified right at this moment because you have one bad start and you know, every, every little thing you do, he had been so incredible coming into this game. Three, two, zero, one, 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 one. Those were the earned runs allowed over his last seven starts, I believe. So this really came out of nowhere, especially because it was against the Royals. But I mean, I, I hate to put it like this, but you live by the McKenzie, you die by the McKenzie. Like that's what it is. I certainly would have started him in here. I would have recommended him, but you know, just one of these things. Again, the biggest thing, as you mentioned to is no walks, you know, he had whatever he had one walk. That's what he's had one or fewer walks again, since he started this run. That's all you really care about with a guy like McKenzie. So who knows? Maybe he's uh, wearing down. Maybe it's just a bad start that happens with everybody. So that is what it is. He does have a second start this week. So in, if you're in weekly lineups, there's a chance for him to salvage the performance, someone who does not have a second start this week. And we knew that going in. And now I'm curious what's going to happen with the rest of season. And pe- the peanuts and the Cracker Jacks are talking about him in the chat. A bit. Yeah. Carlos Redon, three innings, two hits, three runs, only two earned. did have six strikeouts, 58 pitchers in the final two innings. That's not good. And the last fastball that he threw was only 89.4 miles per hour. It came out after the game that he was dealing with renewed soreness in his pitching arm. The White Sox had already said coming into the start that it was going to be a second to last start of the regular season as they, as we've talked about, the White Sox are clearly in the playoffs. So they're trying to get their postseason rotation set and everything. Now I'm not sure what's going to happen with Redone. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to make, there's no way that you're going to rely on him in, even if he makes another start at this point during the season, because almost certainly it would be like a two or three inning variety just to get him a tune up. They obviously have Lance Lynn. They have Lucas Giolito. You've got Dylan Cease. You can get by with Dallas Keuchel if you need to. I wonder whether or not if Rodon is really dealing with the soreness, whether they're going to push him at all to start a game, even in the postseason. He might be more of a reliever at this point. But from a fantasy standpoint, how can you possibly rely on him, even if he gets another start? So for the most part, for all intents and purposes, I think Rodon is just done in terms of anything fantasy for the rest of the season. Not good. You always want to be feeling your best entering the playoffs and us in the peanuts and the Cracker Jacks. We always want to be feeling our best overall. That's why you got to use the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. What makes this trimmer different than all the other trimmers? A new multifunction on off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. And the lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Leading off listeners can get 20% off and free shipping by using the code leading off at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com code leading off. Some news and notes. Bryce Harper. Stop, 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 stop. stop. (laughs) Do you wait? For like five seconds because you expect me to say something after your Manscaped read. I'm just wondering because I need to know because it's just me and you the rest of this week. Mayor's basically been banned from this show because of the quick grades. You and I are doing this together. I need to know whether the lengthy pause after the Manscaped read is waiting for me to make a comment or do something or whether it's just the awkward Tuma. That's how you transition. 
as someone who produces podcasts behind the scenes, so I'm like handling the audio, there's nothing worse than when two people are talking over each other. And so I go out of, I, I try to incorporate that pause just to make sure if you have something to say, I want you to be able to say it. And if not, then I can uh, carry on with the analysis. I think your pauses are great. And I know exactly what you're doing because you have produced all of my shows basically since the inception. But the pause after the Manscaped read is the equivalent of like the Grand Canyon of pauses. It's not like a, I'm going to give Dan a second to pop in. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows, people know, you You really, everybody knows that you need me to say something. So from now on, Tuma, I want you to assume that I'm going to say something after your Manscaped read. And the one thing I will say is, my favorite thing is how early now I can guess when you are transitioning to the Manscaped read. Like, when I'm like, okay, is this an intro to a player? Or is this an intro to a Manscaped read? That That's sort of the, uh, the guess. In fact, what we should do is clip every one of your Manscaped reads and sort of say, put out like just a statement and have the option be, was this A, Tuma's intro to Manscaped or B, Tuma's intro to, you know, whatever, Tristan McKenzie or something like that. So that's an off-season project. But I'm going to stop talking now. You can jump in the second I finish this sentence. Wonky Penguin notes could have talked about how smooth jazz was and uh-huh. led that into when you're looking to be smooth. That is a good one. And then, yeah, you put it up lawnmower man, 4.4 notes that I need the positive criticism. This is a thing for my generation, from our bosses. We need that positive feedback. Is that true? Is that, yeah. is this like a millennial thing that you guys need? Are you a millennial even? Or are you like younger than a millennial? I, I think I am. Maybe I'm a, I'm a little on the young side for it, but that is that is definitely like a joke that people make about people my age about always needing that uh, positive okay. feedback in the world. Well, you're do, you're doing a great job, Brandon. <laughs> nice nice work today. Okay, news and notes. Bryce Harper did not homer last night. Thank goodness in terms of the Joe. Actually, this was the best of both worlds for you, Dan, because Bryce Harper didn't homer, but he's now the favorite for the National League MVP award according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, this is excellent. As I, again, this was, we didn't, I didn't joke about that. Like I, I, I do gamble and I do betting podcasts and I, you know, I certainly, but I don't risk my children's college fund. I'm, you know, whatever, just, just for fun. But I did fire when Joe correctly noted that he was plus whatever it was, 3000 to win. And then he had a huge day. And then Joe and I, agreed that we would fire the next day when he was plus 1800. So this is, this is not like I'm going to win enough to, you know, I don't know if he wins to take my wife on an anniversary dinner and not feel like bad about the fact that I can't get the kids a new Marvel, you know, uh, Lego set or something like that. But it's weird to me, Brendan, because I mean, he, he does have more war than Fernando Tatis Jr. And he's having a phenomenal season, but the Phillies probably aren't going to make the playoffs, right? I mean, do you think if you were an NL MVP voter, as good as he has been, and really, I didn't even look at his numbers until recently where I was like, holy crap, no wonder Joe is leading the home run call. Would he be your MVP vote in the National League? I think so now, yes. I care a lot about like the history of the MVP and the Cy Young Awards and everything. And this season, more than ever, I plan to put myself in my office here and shut the door and not talk to anyone for four hours until I go through all the stats and all the advanced analytics and all the storylines to figure it out. I really do care about 
uh, the history of this stuff. So I, I will have an answer for you after the season ends. But as of now, I do think Harper is the MVP. I again, it's I'm looking at his war, at least over on Fangraphs. He's 6.3. Uh, Vladdy is 6.8. Marcus Semyon, 6.4. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is 5.9. I mean, Tatis Jr., he's only played 118 games. I know they're they're falling. I know they're yelling at each other. But, you know, 39 homers, 25 steals. Harper's got 33 homers, 13 steals. He does have a 427 OBP and a 620 slugging percentage. Just a, just an awesome season for the guy. Uh, and again, I'll, I'm going to Sizzler if he wins. So let's hope so. Okay, moving on to some other storylines. Wanda Franco could return from the IL on Friday. That is great news. He will be resuming his historic 39 game on base streak. Andrew Kittredge was placed on the IL by the Rays. He's been their best reliever and was getting a lot of save chances. I tried to come up with, oh, who can we recommend for saves? It's Tampa. There's 10 days left. It's not even worth it. <laughs> Willie Adamas was reinstated from the IL. He went to 0 for 4. Luis Severino was reinstated from the IL. This was kind of came out of nowhere. And they haven't. Uh, so he's only pitched 12 innings since the start of 2019. He had Tommy John in 2020, multiple setbacks, yada, yada, yada. And they haven't. I kind of think he's just going to pitch out of the bullpen. They haven't really said what the role's going to be, but that would have to make the most sense. I agree. I can't imagine that he's going into the starting rotation right now. But when that came across the wire, Tuma, when I saw it on our news desk, I was like, what, what, what? when, when was this supposed to happen? But there's just no way that he is, you know, stretched out enough and that they would trust him right now, given their independent race. I do think it's just bullpen depth. So nothing really fantasy relevant. Some really good news. Chris Bassett threw a 30 pitch bullpen on Monday, and it does sound like he has a chance at rejoining the athletics rotation later this week. Remember here that really scary. He was hit by a comebacker in the head earlier this summer. Yes. Good to see just from a real baseball perspective. I had a very nice season. Couple of pitching standouts that I just wanted to mention. You mentioned John Lester picked up his 200th career victory as the Cardinals won their ninth in a row. It's, it's still like, it's definitely obviously, you know, very smokes and mirrors. If you need possibly some, some low ratios maybe, but I would be far more interested at this point in John means who was fantastic against the Phillies, probably the rare Orioles pitcher. You don't want to make a home run call again. And I want to yeah. know I thought this was really interesting. He has a chance to join Dave McNally from 1968 as the only pitchers in Orioles history with a sub one whip and at least 150 innings so dan was a veteran of fantasy <laughs> baseball by the time that that season rolled around yeah that uh, brings back some memories for me i actually what's funny to my i didn't actually even realize that because he had gone through such a rough stretch that he had kept that whip under one that's phenomenal i love means you know obviously back healthy so it's great to see hopefully they can build more pitchers around him and the orioles can compete given their offense I need to move on to some of these hitters to note on because I do think they could be important for people down the stretch. Yoshi Sutsugo is someone we have not talked about. He is on the Pirates. Now, he was on the Rays, then the Dodgers. Now he's on the Pirates. He had two more hits last night, including a homer. Since arriving in Pittsburgh in mid-August, he has eight homers in 99 plate appearances. He's hitting 306 with a 394 on base percentage, 179 WRC+. plus. During that time, I just think at this point, like he's so hot. If you, especially if you're in a daily lineup league, if you need someone, plug him in and just ride it. Sure. First of all, great A pronunciation, too much, like really well done. I, I mean, 
he batted 120 with the Dodgers and 167 with the Rays. But you are right. We are at the end of the season. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what we've done in the past. If you have a two-game hitting streak and good matchups, I'm good to go with you. So, yeah, whatever. Ride them. Star Platinum notes that the 69 Orioles had four 20-game winners. I want to say it was the 1971 Orioles. I do well, not think it was the, the 1969. It was either 70 know, or 71. All I know is I, you know, I can't remember who the 69 Orioles lost to in the World Series. If anybody can look that up and let me know. Because that was, I mean, it was, I remember celebrating my 75th birthday. It was very exciting times back then. Jesus Sanchez hit another homer again. We talked about Jazz at the top. The matchups for the Marlins have been really strong lately. Sanchez now has nine homers since August 28th he's a guy who you know some projections you know i think we should at least project him for 30 homers next season who knows what the batting average will be but the power is definitely there and then another young guy cabert ruiz catcher for the nationals had three hits for the third time in four games that's noteworthy because he was an offensive catcher coming through the system so if you need to stream a catcher down the stretch but again he'll be someone who'd probably be ranked towards the back end of you know startable catchers who could have value in 2022 yeah he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on you know it's catcher anybody with a pulse is decent but yeah i mean it's good to see him now after he obviously got off to a slow start after that trade pickles ass longo or susugo i like them both but we are not going away from evan longoria on this show <laughs> Adam Duvall, last note, Adam Duvall hit a 483-foot homer, which was the fourth longest by anyone this season. He has 37 homers, a National League leading 107 RBIs, and he could become the first player ever to hit 40 homers, knock in 100 runs, and post a sub-300 on base percentage. Amazing. Nuts. Nuts. Absolutely crazy. Wait, Joey Gallo has 37 home runs? Does he? Am I making that up? Am I looking at somewhere wrong? Somebody look that up because that can't be right. What what am I looking at? It says Joey Gallo has 37 home runs, and I must have gone to Bizarro World. Somebody confirmed this for me because I'm looking at the leaderboard, and Adam Duvall is 37, and he's tied with Joey Gallo, and Mayer is confirming that. And that's the craziest thing that I've ever heard, Tuma. Like, did you know that? Did you know that Joey Gallo had 37 home runs? Uh, It it doesn't shock me. I know he had that crazy streak in the middle of June. He went on that crazy streak, but he, for the most part, I've kind of been like Joey Gallo. I don't, and I start him in a league and I just haven't thought about him. I I know he's been hot. Crazy. Sorry. Very sorry for the tangent. Yeah. Five last week. I, I get it. I know he gets hot. 37, if you were like, Joey Gallo is sixth in the league in home runs, that's crazy. But it's tied with Adam Duvall, so welcome to 2021. I think the Duvall leading the NL and RBIs is is just just so nuts. Who projected that before the season? Right, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, and by the way, Joey Votto, league winner, hit two more home runs last night. How, home... this, this is why you have to be in the home run calls, because you've got to just call Joey Votto every night. Go ahead. <laughs> On to the... Home run updates. It doesn't sound like we hit too many last night. Yeah, because you didn't call Joey Vala, Vado, you bastard. Um, We only called two yesterday, guys. Okay, this is my favorite. The two that we called were Brick JB with Adam Duvall. He's up to 21. And I guess calling Adam Duvall isn't crazy anymore because whatever. Um, But also Turf Durgerson called Jose Siri. He's up to 28. I, you should get like five for making that call. 
So that's it. So we are still at 1193. We are so close to our 1200 goal. Joe still leads. I did not hit one yesterday. So I have 32 tied with Randy. Go cards right there at 31. Got a bunch at 30 with Lawnmower Man 4.4, Smalls and Helpless in Miami. Derek from Texas, Akak, D Gordon Liddy, and uh, are tied at 29. Turf Durgerson at 28. Mike Mayer, an embarrassing 27. Wonky Penguin, a fantastic 26. Catbox, 24. Raucous Tiger, 23. And the Clown Prince, 23. So today's the day, guys. We are going over 1,200 guaranteed. They said it couldn't be done. Everybody was against us. We managed to do it. The lead is there for the taking right now. Dan Harris is still just one behind Joe Pizapia. Moving on to DFS, we have an 11-game slate. A lot of these pitchers are really interesting to me, especially Alec Manoa, as usual. Where do you start with, Dan? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the most expensive pitcher on both sides is Brandon Woodruff going up against the Cardinals. I I don't know how you want to do anything against the Cardinals right now because they're so hot. He's 10-2 on Fandle, uh, 10-4 on DK, obviously a good cash arm. Gossman was moved up, I think, too much. I didn't think he was supposed to start um, today, but I think they moved him up, so he is starting today. Uh, He is 9,900 against the Padres and 10-1 on DraftKings. He hasn't been that great lately, Brendan, so I, I think I'm staying away from him, but I don't mind going after Manoa. He's against, you know, uh, Rasmussen, who's been also fantastic. 9,600 on Fandle, 95 on DK. Uh, Julio Rios against Colorado, 9,000 and 9,900. But they're in Colorado, so not exactly where you want to go. So you can use those guys in cash. I will probably wind up going with Woodruff just to be safe. And if you want to go for a secondary arm or a GPP arm, Jordan Montgomery, I think he had 12 strikeouts on his last start against Texas. 8,800 on FanDuel, 83 on DK, and Jose Urquidy against our guy, Packy Naughton, and the Angels, 8,700 on FanDuel, and 9,000 on DK. I, for one, am upset that Packy Naughton didn't make the list of potential DFS <laughs> arms. Uh, a couple game stacks, the Brewers against Jake Woodford of the Cardinals, and the Phillies and Orioles, because both teams are starting, quote, TBD tonight. So we don't know who's pitching in those games, but that probably means that a bullpen game or not anyone good. So you can go with those teams as well. But if you want some specific lineup builders, you can use Willie Adamas, who's going up against Woodford, uh, 2,800 on FanDuel, 3,800 on DraftKings. Yuli Gurriel against, again, Packy Naughton, of course, 3,000 on FanDuel, 4,100 on DraftKings. Joey Gallo, who apparently just hits all the home runs that I probably would have guessed he was more like 30. He's going up against Dane Dunning, 3,000, uh, 3,300, I'm sorry, on Fandle, 4,000 on DraftKings. And JT Real Muto against TBD in Baltimore, doesn't matter, 3,300 on Fandle and 4,100 on DraftKings. Time is running out, as we mentioned, to catch Joe Pizapia in the home run leaderboards. So Dan, you are going with who to try to make up ground? I, I'm going chalky. I'm going to Colorado. Uh, if Joe's going to pick Bryce Harper every time, I, I've got to go to Colorado. And I'm going with Max Muncy uh, against Antonio Sensatella. Not that bad. My uh, thought process, obviously, is number one, Muncy hit one for me over the weekend. I like Corey Seager, but I need him to do well in uh, my season-long league, so I don't want to jinx it there. So I'm going with Muncy here to hit a homer, to tie me up with Joey P, and hopefully vault me eventually into a place where I can get into the lead finally make sure everyone in the peanuts and the cracker jacks 
puts their home run calls in Discord, in the Fantasy Pros Discord. Make sure you are using the baseball channels in there if you guys want to talk all things baseball, fantasy baseball. Dan, Joe, Mike, and I are in there to talk. Before we close, I just want to add one more note, a really cool story. Anthony Ghost, uh, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, G-O-S-E. I believe that's he, correct. Yes. He was a former position player. He appeared in a big league game for the first time since 2016 last night, and he converted to a pitcher, and he was throwing 100 miles per hour for the Cleveland Indians. Very cool story to see. That is awesome. I didn't realize that. And I remember Ghost as a position player. Yes. And that's why I think you're correct. By the way, I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw one very quick thing out is that this show, when we first started September, I, I asked Tuma and I, I turned it over to Tuma and I said, Brendan, we can do this show as often as you want. If you want to do it every day, we will find a way to do it every day. If you want to do it three times a week, like my understanding is most other fantasy baseball podcasts are down to three times a week, two times a week. And you said, OK, I'll, I'm going to think it over. I'm going to think it over. And you, my friend, have kept this going every day other than when, you know, you've been out of town or something like that every single day. So if you enjoy this show, number one, thank Brendan, because he is the only reason that we decided to keep it going every single day right now. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros MLB or leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and uh, give to him a little shout out because this is this is basically he overtook the show and it became his baby. So. Well done. We needed, we simply needed more rookies and prospect talk in the show, which is why I felt like I had to do it. But yes, thank you for that, Dan. And seriously, to all the peanuts and the Cracker Jacks, reach out to us. Let us keep letting us know how you're doing in your league, in your leagues. I'm finding that really interesting on Twitter when people say, oh, I made it to the championship, etc." I love that. There was the pause because we are going to end the show for Dan Harris. This has been Brendan Tuma. We will see you tomorrow on Wednesday. 